You're listening to the Collab Talk podcast, episode 34 of the MVP Buzz Chat series. In this episode, I'm talking with Office Development MVP Cameron Dwyer. This is Christian Buckley, another episode of MVP Buzz Chat, and I'm here with Cameron Dwyer and based out of, why don't you, well, introduce yourself and tell us where you're from. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, my name's Cameron Dwyer. I am a Microsoft uh, MVP in office development. I'm based out of Sydney, Australia. Um, in my day job, I am a CTO of a uh, company based out of Australia. It's called One Place Solutions, and we do uh, products in the Office 365 and SharePoint space. A lot of end user um, productivity tools. Seeing you guys more and more at other events uh, around the world too. I you know, came across you guys uh, a couple of years back um, down in region, down in uh, uh, you know, Australia, New Zealand events, but uh, saw you at the uh, SharePoint conference, North America. You guys, was that a good event for you guys in May? Uh, sure. It was an interesting one being um, a sort of Microsoft backing in a way for a SharePoint conference. Um, we, we traditionally did the SharePoint conferences that Microsoft ran a few years back before they became the Ignite conferences. So I think we've been doing those now for probably eight years. We've been doing the, the major Microsoft backed conferences in the US that are around SharePoint. So um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, we're certainly trying to build our presence in the United States. Um, we've got a lot of customers in the US. We've got a lot of customers throughout Europe as well. Um, and obviously uh, down here in the Asia-Pac uh, region as well. So we, we do get around. We attend the uh, European SharePoint Conference as well. We'll be over there yep. again. On That's the right. Yep, Copenhagen in November. I'll be there. Correct. <laughs> um, yes, they, they do put them in some great locations at uh, European Conference. They move them around each year, which is really nice. The one last year in Dublin was quite good as well. Yeah, it was my first time in Ireland. I, I really enjoyed I wish I could have spent more time. But I tell you that, like, so this is the second time it's been in Copenhagen. And I, I told Tracy this. It's like, you know, I was, I was hoping that it would be back in, like, Germany again, another city in Germany. But, yeah, that's kind of where things started. So, but I've, I've yeah. been every year to one of those. Well, well Cameron, but tell me, so as an office developer MVP, so kind of what's your area of focus? Like, what, what do you, when you go out and present and talk and, uh, you know, kind of what are your, the, the, the topics that you're covering right now? Where, where, where are you passionate about? What topics? Okay, well, probably the, the main two things that um, I'm interested in um, is the office add-ins themselves. Um, I've, I've got a long history with office add-ins, um, probably going back close to a decade now. Uh, because I'm, I'm really focused on trying to drive end user productivity. We're trying to build tools that help the user um, as much as we can. And this started in the early days of SharePoint. I got involved with SharePoint with um, probably towards the tail end of SharePoint 2003. Um, but really it was 2007 where I really saw that um, Microsoft have got something here. They've got, they've got a real product here that's, that's got legs that people can re build real document management systems on top of, real workflow systems. Um, so I sort of jumped on around that time frame. But I think what was lacking then is people were used to rich desktop applications that provided real rich functionality and felt integrated, like they could feel it, touch it on their desktops. SharePoint came along and it was, it, it was giving us a lot of the functionality that the users were after. And from a business point of view, you really wanted your users to use this centralized system that, um, 
yeah, it had a lot of centralized business benefits, but to the user, there was this bit of a disconnect between these rich desktop applications and this new browser-based application. It just didn't quite feel right to a lot of users that I've got to go out to a web browser um, to, to try and get this functionality. It just didn't feel as, as connected. So that was the angle that I really started getting involved with SharePoint. And the way that I found that really resonated with users and got that user adoption was to bring SharePoint into the applications that they were already working inside of. So this was add-ins into Outlook, Word, Excel, PowerPoint. Um, also did some integrations into things like um, Adobe because a lot of uh, users were using Adobe when you step outside the Microsoft stack as well. And then yeah. integrations onto the Windows desktop and things like that. So I did a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of add-in development. So as far as that office development side of things goes, it was really add-ins inside of these applications. You know, the, the, I was just gonna, I was thinking about uh, when uh, Satya Nadella became CEO. So the first uh, conference he keynoted was the partner conference, which is now Microsoft Inspire, which happens every July. It's now for, I guess, the next four or five years, we'll be down in Las Vegas. So always love visiting Las Vegas in July. Uh, <laughs> But the um, but one of the things that he talked about um, that was this this you know user focused uh, you know design development uh, I think that that touches on the the point you made is he said Leo Microsoft we focus so much on developing features or products over certain areas but they were Microsoft and I'll paraphrase here but you know, Microsoft is failing to look at end to end what the client the customer was trying to accomplish where Microsoft may have filled key workloads within that that were very important and you think about that like sharepoint for that intranet for that document collaboration exchange and email that side of it even the other workloads in office microsoft 365 of uh you know yammer of teams and and, and skype and for communications and all kind of all those different pieces but they were these separate pieces and there were some light integrations between those he says, we need to, he says, our goal is to develop, again, paraphrasing, our goal is to develop like the best software that's out there, but where we don't have the best solutions or any solutions, we will partner and integrate for that, even with, you know, competitors. And so it was this looking at it as this end-to-end -end solution. Uh, I, I thought that was, I mean, it was such a departure from the old, you know, Microsoft and it fits right into you know, Microsoft's embrace of open source and kind of these other technologies to move towards and, you know, build with whatever tools, whatever platform you're used to and, and, and supporting a lot of the, the, the you know, JavaScript, the, the um, other languages and other development methodologies, which was, you know, fantastic, which has, I think, helped with, uh, you know, Microsoft's continued growth. And people have now turning back and looking again at Microsoft for where it's strong because it's they're now supporting these other ways of doing things but that is a it's great to go in there and see now when you you have a new feature launch that right away you see all these competitive solutions you know competitors to sharepoint being integrated have connectors have automation and stuff built into that because microsoft recognizes hey we need to support our customers wherever they're working, however they're working, you know, whether or not they're using the complete Microsoft stack. Yeah, it's, a, it's certainly a different Microsoft to uh, what we saw a decade ago. And it's, uh, it's, it's definitely refreshing to see that. Um, and I think it, you're right. It's, 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 it really has hit refresh on Microsoft and it's changing the opinions that people have of Microsoft as being that 
corporate focus sort of um, company that it once was to now being a lot more approachable and a lot more flexible in, in the tools that you can use. Um, and I think that integration point is, um, that is something that I'm seeing as well, is that not only is Microsoft opening itself up to, to connectors into third-party systems, but I think, um, I think the real pivot point was um, when they got to a critical mass in Office 365 and those individual workloads that you talked about, which historically Microsoft had individual on-premises server products. So you had your Exchange server, you had your SharePoint server, you had your Skype business server. Um, you had all these individual products, but when they were an on-premises offering, Microsoft had no control over what mix of those that you had. Like, did you just have Exchange or did you have Exchange and SharePoint? Did you have a fast server um, for, for your search? Whereas now we, we fast forward and we're into Office 365, Microsoft actually has control and they know what servers are available within your tenancy. They have control of them. They know exactly what versions that are there. So Microsoft have been able to start developing those integrations. So once we saw the services arrive and the workloads arrive in Office 365, they did a little bit of work, well actually a lot of work to do with user identity so they could have a consistent user identity across those workloads. Once we got to there, we're now seeing that Microsoft's really leveraging this integration between those workloads. So you can be working on a Word document and you have Yammer conversations sitting side by side with it. Um, it's those sort of end user productivity things that we're now seeing Microsoft are doing out of the box with Office 365, as well as extending it into the partner community. And I think that's where the real usability stuff comes into play, is when you're taking discrete offerings, which are all on their own right, great for their focus purpose, when you can actually bring those together to, to get that end-to-end -end solution to the user, that's, that's the gold for the user. You're really making someone's life a lot easier when you're bringing them together in a seamless way so that they can just do a job from start to finish using the best tools for the job. Yeah, so you know, you working for a, a, an ISV and uh, you know developing solution. As you know, I mean, there's the between ISV solutions, um, which sometimes fill in a gap, which the product team, which Microsoft may come in later and say, "Hey, it makes sense to kind of do what like you know this these ISVs have gone and developed and been very successful, but it really makes sense that these features be native within the platform and may go and expand." That's kind of one of those. To say risks or dangers, those are the wrong words to use, but just the realities of of building solutions as an ISV against a platform like you know like SharePoint or Office three sixty five. Uh, but you have the same issue with going and building customized solutions, even as a you know business applications as an end user, as a power user, as an admin within that environment to go and build things to fill a need, which then Microsoft may go and build other native capability because they see see this. I mean, workflow is a great example of that, where they saw the rise of that and the and and the success of these, uh, and I'll even say migration uh, vendors. I was in that space working for a couple ISVs um, with uh, with migration software. Is that they they said there to some degree there needs to be this capability that is you know uh, a native to the application. Now, obviously, uh, you know Microsoft uh, in those different areas, you are not going to be able to move as quickly as some of the ISVs. But I mean, you as an, uh, you know, CTO for an ISV, I mean, so how do you approach that, your product development to stay ahead of that and to kind of in, innovate and where did you to look to go to develop? Because I, I've heard this, this concern from a lot of people, like, how do you go and develop? How much do you share and communicate with Microsoft about what they're doing so that they don't just go and you know, steal what we're doing kind of thing that they are not actually stealing, but you know what I mean? 
Yeah, I think there's 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 a couple of things in that. Um, I guess uh, first of all, ISVs are a lot more nimble than what Microsoft is going to be able to be. Um, and we're close in a lot of areas. We're close to the customers, and we're hearing exactly what the pain points are. Um, I think first. First of all, what I, what are the mindset that I have isn't so much about the technology and the gap that you're actually filling. It's more uh, high level than that. And sort of, I, I come back to my mindset is always about how do I make things easier for the end user. Now that's going to change over time, and that's not dependent on one piece of technology. I actually see it as a good thing that Microsoft finds the best bits of the partner community, the ISVs that should be baked into the product, and they actually build on top of that. What that means is that. As an ISV, I can now help the user in a higher level rather than actually having to do the base integrations. Microsoft's doing that for us and it's getting us out, getting that out there. Now everyone can benefit and they've got that base level. Now we can be doing something more intelligent on top of that. So, But by having a mindset that I want to make the end user's life easier or I want to be, uh, deliver better productivity or um, you know, better adoption or better collaboration, by having that higher level mindset, you're not just thinking my product fits XYZ need um, because yes XYZ need will be filled and hopefully it, it's filled natively and people can can get that um, included in their licensing and, and the world's a better place for it so I think um, yeah from from uh, I guess being an ISV I think having a mindset of what you're trying to achieve and what you're trying to deliver what value you're trying to deliver at a, at a business level and keeping your focus on that not necessarily on exactly what your technology is doing today um, and we're, the rate of change that we're seeing at the moment, some doors may close as far as opportunities come, but it's also opening up a lot of doors as, as we're iterating and as we're moving along quickly. Um, and Microsoft seems to be more and more moving towards a minimum viable product sort of model where they'll put something out there that maybe is not 100% fully baked or you know it's, it's got the, uh, a minimum set of features to, to make it usable in some, in some way, shape or form. But that opens up a lot of doors for ISVs to be building, um, you know, functionality on top of it and delivering real business value as soon as Microsoft launches a baseline product. Um, and so there's, there's, I don't think we've ever been in a time where there is more opportunities for ISVs to be, um, to be building solutions on top, to be innovating uh, and delivering real business value. Yeah, I was just going to comment that, uh, yeah, I think no matter how much Microsoft um, says, hey, this is a beta or this is an MVP around this and we're looking for feedback and they, they just, uh, you know, I, I think that is a newer model for Microsoft the last, uh, you know, a couple of years and, and uh, quite a few people, there are quite a few MVPs that have not quite picked up on that aspect that, hey, this is... The, this new model, they, they iterate very quickly because Microsoft is going in and responding very quickly um, to a lot of those issues. And I'd say again and again, even those that are watching this that are, you know, just Microsoft customers, if you have feedback, if you have specific uh, business requirements that are not being met by, uh, you know, a new product or new service that Microsoft has out there, that might be this first, second, or third iteration, you do need to provide that feedback directly to back Microsoft through um, two key places are the Microsoft tech community where a lot of that conversation happens and the product and marketing teams around each of those products and services are there daily. They're, uh, it's part of their measurements to participate in the community. And the other one being, of course, uh, um, user voice. So go and do a research to see if your specific request, that item, your requirement, if it's not in user voice, add it. Um, and then uh, there's the best practice of always a, uh, 
once you go and add something new to user voice, do the research, find out if it's already there. If it's not there and it's a requirement, add it to user voice, then go and take that link over to Microsoft tech community, publish it there, invite people to go vote it up. And when it receives like 10 votes, Microsoft will go and respond. They will review. They will, I think it's even as, as few as like five votes they'll look at. I mean, it's, you know, crazy low for them to, uh, to be able to review that. But Microsoft needs that feedback. So it's not enough to sit here and, and opine that, um, hey, it's missing, lacking this critical feature. Share the feedback around that. It may already be in the product plan, the product roadmap, or Microsoft may not be aware of it and you need to let them know. But so I was going to ask you, Cameron, so I mean, I know there's a lot of programs and things that are out there. I mean, how often are you connecting and talking with, with Microsoft? I mean, what are the different programs you guys are involved with as an ISV? Um, that's interesting to say. Um, I'm, I'm, Microsoft is a company and an organization that restructures itself fairly regularly. Um, <laughs> I am still trying to figure out and still discovering more programs that I should be on or could be on. Yeah. Um, both personally and as an organization. Um, there's definitely um, having different competencies as a company, I guess, is the starting point. Um, as an ISV, there's, there's silver and gold competencies that you can uh, get as a company and that will connect you up with Microsoft. Um, there's obviously the, the opportunity to get in contact with um, local uh, resources from a Microsoft point of view. Um, we, we are connected with uh, like the technical Microsoft team here in Australia. Um, I have calls every three weeks with our sprint cycle with one of the local uh, engineering resources here, um, which has been an awesome help. And that sort of helps redirect us internally within Microsoft to, with the best contacts. Um, a recently new initiative within Microsoft has been for the um, product teams to hold um, regular community calls. I also find that they're a great way to hear directly from the, the product teams within Microsoft. Um, you know, what's, what's new, what's happening, um, and what people are working on in those different areas. Um, that one, probably because we are based in Australia and the time zone overlap is not great with the US, uh, they're quite hard to join into for us. But I would say if, you, if you're in the US, then they would be one of the um, primary places I'd go. If there's certain product streams that you're interested in, then I would be um, getting those in your calendar and joining in um, because they're interactive as well. And I think that's that's something that works well from both sides. I think Microsoft is, is after that feedback. Like you say, they're launching products, they're iterating quickly and they're wanting feedback. Now those community calls are, are really good in the making the connections with community and they are really listening. So um, some of those community calls, depending on how many people are on them, sometimes people will actually be speaking, um, like a, a, it's just someone so that's joining. Yeah, so they're actually going through on a specific topic or walking through a new feature, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, doing the doing the demos and things like that to show you how a new feature works. But if there's a small number of people on the call, they will actually open up the microphones, and you could just be joining in from your lounge room, joining in from your desk at, desk at work, and you can physically ask the questions. They'll be answering in real time. If there's a few more callers on there, it'll be more of the chat-based window. But they will actually moderate the chat uh, that's coming through and answer those questions if they can there and then in the community calls. Uh, but I find those as a really valuable way to stay connected with the uh, with the product teams. 
Yeah, it's uh, they they have gotten a lot better. I know that it used to be like they would. Uh, it was really difficult to get any of them on calls, and there were there was uh, you know once or twice a year around certain workloads or even areas like uh, um, like they would have these I don't know what you call them like uh, almost like product councils, and people would go to Redmond and sit around from all these different uh, a lot of times competing ISVs, but around a specific workload and and then talk through here's what's going on, this is what's happening on the engineering side, and that's a lot of effort to go and do where if you're having more regular discussions, um, then you're, it decreases the need to have this brain dump, you know, twice a year around these, these areas because everybody is, and, and, and honestly, in the, the, the era of evergreen, you know, technology where it's not a, a three, four year cycle to develop, um, but it's, you know, releases that are happening at a regular clip, you know, at least monthly, um, that you need to have these, these uh, you know, these, these shorter calls, but with people around these focused topics on a more frequent nature. So I know that there's a number of other, uh, you know, different groups that are invite only. And so depending on what you're, you're doing, where there's some of them are customer, large enterprise customer or small to mid-sized customer based, um, like product councils, um, the, the best thing to do um, for those that are watching and you want to get more involved um, at whatever, whether you're customer ISV or consulting, uh, uh, you know, these, these different areas, there are generally groups, but get in touch with your product and the marketing team with each of the products or, or workloads and ask what's, uh, you know, what's out there that's available that you could uh, get an invite to, to participate because there's all sorts of stuff going on. Yeah, I don't think there's any shortage of them. The programs keep coming up. I mean, in the office space itself, there are certainly tap programs to be able to get on, which you get to see new features that are coming out in Office 365 um, before a lot of other people do. Um, yeah, there's sort of NDA programs around that as well. Uh, so, yeah. I've Windows, yeah, like Windows Insiders, there's, you know, is another one. You you have a lot of those kind of insiders groups as, as well that you can go and join. So, yeah, there's a lot of things which are public in uh, or invite only. Um, and then of course, if you're doing things with office 365 to be on that, uh, uh, you know, that, uh, that, that first release, um, for your, your tenant or setting up a, a test, uh, you know, a tenant, um, so that you can have that on first release and be aware of new features, you know, as it goes live in your area. Um, a lot of different options. I know that Microsoft is, uh, trying to be flexible and how they do that, but, uh, well, Cameron, Hey, uh, I appreciate your time. How can people, people want to find out more about you, get in touch with you? What's the best way to reach you? Um, sure. I'm on Twitter, uh, just Cameron DeWire. I'm guessing all this stuff will be in, a, in the blog that accompanies this afterwards. So you can find me, Cameron DeWire. I'm on Twitter. Um, I try to blog fairly regularly at um, camerondewire.wordpress.com. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, shoot a message off to me. I'm always happy to answer questions and help people out wherever I can. Um, I do pop up at conferences. As I say, I'll be at, um, I'll be at Ignite uh, in a couple of months' time. Um, hopefully, I'll make it over to the European SharePoint conference. Um, I, hopefully, I'll get to actually meet you face-to-face -face in a few weeks' time down at the Digital Workplace Conference down yep. in Melbourne. I head out a week from, well, today's Thursday, right? Yeah, a week from today. So I start my very long journey down there. 
<laughs> uh, I'm actually going to go spend uh, uh, a couple days in uh, in Hobart, so in Tasmania. Oh, so yeah, I've never been down there. So I'm going to go. Uh, I, I was thinking about even going and doing a uh, uh, either kayaking or fishing. So like oh. do it like a tourism fishing expedition. Fantastic! It is like the the wilderness down there is uh, it's pretty awesome. You're uh, hanging off the bottom of the world. Um, it is winter time, so I would be um, wearing wearing a wetsuit if you go and kayaking. Um, but no, it's a beautiful part of the world down there. Absolutely beautiful part of the world. Yeah, looking forward to it. So it's been a few years since I've been down to. to I'll be in in Melbourne, but uh, yeah, I'll be uh, uh, on my way home. We'll stop off for uh, about an hour and a half in Sydney on my way through. Oh, so, but. Uh, well, Cameron, I hope to see you down at that Digital Workplace Conference. And uh, thanks a lot for participating in the uh, MVB Buzz Chat today. And we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. It's great chatting to you, Christian.